Yeah. Your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters, yo. Your mental matters ain't a simple pattern. We need to have a central chatter. Food for thought, grab a platter. My mental ain't for rental. I'm essential, man, it's simple. I'm a ripple in the rip, though. I don't wanna sick my ship, so gotta know your mental. Black life is hard, I don't resent, though. Feelings really real, we should present those. Talk about it, you should know your mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters, yeah. It's your real. Yes. What up, though? What up, though? As you all may hear, some of you may see. I am eating my peanuts. I am enjoying the show that is America as we speak. We're going to get into that, I promise. Mm-hmm. But before we get into the nonsense, welcome back to the Mental Matters Podcast. Accompanied by my brother, Jarrell, I am your host, Richard. We are here to redefine man up properly for the culture, eliminating mental health stigma, loving on the jerks of the chickens, and bringing therapists along as we need them. Today is no exception to the rule. Um, as you all may know, this is episode 83, 83, 83 of the Mental Matters Podcast. I'm excited. I'm enjoying my snacks. I just left the gym. Judge your mama. It is what it is. I have a 5K to run on June 4th. I don't know how I got into this. I don't know why I got into this. I don't even expect anything out of myself besides finishing. But my metabolism is metabolizing. I hope I got that right. If I didn't, oh well. Um, We have a special guest with us today. And I'm excited because this is well, well. I think she was about to like cut into me a couple, like, oh, come on, my price is going up and I'm getting booked and busy. I'm booked, busy, black, and blessed out here, but you're running out of time, big fella. So with us today, we have the awesome Dr. Patrice. How are you, man? I am good. How are you? How are y'all doing in these times? I am present. I have my book bag somewhere. I have my notebook. I'm not taking notes in today. Um, I am a bad student today. You know, you ever went to school? Of course you did. We'll get into that. You ever been to school and you got the one student, they ready to learn. They come in ready to learn. You got the other student that come in like, man, I'm here. Like my presence is the president. Like I ain't doing nothing. I'm that, I was never that student, but today I'm that student and I wish somebody would. Um, <laughs> before we get into all the Mental Matters podcast things, as it is our custom, you are a guest here on our platform. The people want to know, who is, do you go by Dr. Patrice or Dr. Douglas or just Doc? Like, I just got to call you Doc now. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm still, I'm still getting used to it. Um, you know, for my, for my community, it's definitely Patrice. It's all love, right? Uh, love. For those that don't respect um, Black professionals, it's definitely Dr. Patrice, Dr. Douglas. You tell them um, but, to call us. But y'all, <laughs> y'all family. So it's Patrice. Um, some people yeah. even call me Dr. P and I'm not mad at it. Dr. P, man, listen. While it's all family and all love and you want to go by Patrice, I like Dr. P. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, so 
we will use them interchangeably. But All we will right. definitely, for the sake of introducing you, put the doctor respect on that name because you recently finished your program, correct? It actually is. I defended in the pandemic, so it's actually two years and a couple, a few months. It's it doesn't feel like it, uh, oh. but yeah, I've been down for a minute, and gratefully, I'm actually going to be walking in a, a two weeks. So that's, that's what good. I remember. It was something about like you weren't finish i feel like the walk is like the thing that makes it the like, walk is the finish mm. right so yeah it just kind of felt like you know the titles there and i still been doing the same work i've been doing before i graduated so nothing has changed with that but um because of covid our you know graduation ceremonies have been postponed for two years we had actually two scheduled and they were just like no fam we're not doing that so i'm grateful that we gonna make it to these two weeks because it's time i love it so that's a beautiful thing hashtag no wrinkle regalia hashtag, hashtag it's too cheap to be wrinkled <laughs> listen listen yesterday's price is not today's price at all yeah my the company that gives us ours it ain't the real deal so it definitely if it gets any type of hot it might melt so oh, <laughs> no. it can never be wrinkled hashtag let's hurry this up before it falls apart hashtag oh. patrice Wayne got a, a reinforced zipper because we ain't about to do that day Listen. of <laughs> you take out the freezer hurry up for a milk yeah I hurry i'm like this zipper ain't gonna make it we gonna have go ahead and get a new one I don't even know what to say to that but um, (laughs) so tell the people the exact program degree in university that you absolutely stepped on through to show them who you are I've been through a few universities right so my bachelor's um, is in psychology with a minor in criminal justice that came from Brandman University Um, my master's came from Cal Baptist University. I'm in Southern California, so that's in Riverside. Bramley was in Ontario. Um, and then my doctor came from the Chicago School of Professional Psychology in downtown LA. And that is where I am done. I think I'm done with academia for real, for real, for real. I mean, the only thing I can really go backwards is a PhD, but I don't think there's a real difference. I want to go get a medical degree, but I'm not about that life. So I don't think so. I think I'm done. <laughs> Maybe some certificates. I don't know, but hey, I, I think I'm good. I think I, I think I've gotten enough. Okay. For academia, but I'm always, you know, a life student, so I'm gonna learn in other ways. So I'm gonna keep tabs. We gonna find out. I'm gonna call you out next time. You go get another degree. And I'm just like, look at her. Look. look and everybody's like, look, look what you did. Look, you said. I know. I said. On this, on May twenty of the fifth. You said that you ain't going to do it. And on the 26th, you enrolled. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's that all good. That sounds like me. It's all good. I'm, well, I, I want to celebrate you. I want to talk about the things you've been into. Um, I mean, we, we may need some help from you today, to be completely honest, because let's be real. America's been American and, you know, real ghetto, real trash, zero stars. As you can see, I'm shouting out Black-owned business today representing First Creations. It's also the same company we have collab merch on um, in spirit of and inspired by May being Mental Health Month. Um, so if you can see what it says, you get it. It's about I right. Love it. Um, 
That's how I was feeling. It's a, it's a sad message, but hey, if people don't get it, they can't miss it with that. You know, I, I think I wore this to work one day. It was a really, really good day. <laughs> can't say too much. Like, let me back up. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, hi, how are you? Don't ask me. You know, That's why I like shirts, right? That's why I got a t-shirt line because sometimes we don't need to talk. Just walk around and with some stuff on your shirt, it'll tell you. It'll tell everything you need to know. But most importantly, if you're gonna rock a dope shirt, I always believe in you have to have the proper shoes. As of right now, I have on slides, but I do have the proper shoes to rock this. So, facts. There's that. So. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of this, well, not literally, um, we must talk about shoe things because we always talk about our things, but first is usually the shoes. I know Jarrell has been booked busy, blacked and blessed when it comes <laughs> to the shoe things. Um, so Jarrell, what have you been up to when it comes to shoe things? Let's talk about it. I guess I should have had them next to me, huh? Yeah, you should have. You bought like 10 pairs. I mean, you should have a No, it, was, it wasn't 10 pairs. I was able to get uh, a pair of the Jordan uh, 11 retros. Uh, they were 11 lows, 72 and 10s. They were the ones that they wore when they went 72 and 10. Uh, then I got my wife um, a pair as well, so we could be matching for the summer. At first, she didn't like them. Then she saw them in person. She was like, let me try them on. And then she was like, okay, I'll keep them. And then since at first she didn't want those, I also ordered her another pair that I knew she would like because she told me she would like a pair of pink Jordans. So those came, I think maybe like five days later and she wasn't expecting it. So when she saw those, she was just like all happy and giddy and everything. She, she didn't try those on, but she just like hugged them and like took a picture of them and all that stuff. She hugged them? She did. <laughs> Welcome to the sneakerhead and then, game. And then, and then the first question she asked, like, so what do I wear to match with them? So I told her, I was like, I don't know. Like, what do y'all wear? Just like leggings and blue jean, like denim jackets or crop hoodies or something? <laughs> like, hey. I don't know. <laughs> Could have put a dress with them too. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I should go back and get her one of those jersey dresses from like 2000. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the thing. Shout out, and I must do this because we need more awareness in these streets. Shout out to the WNBA restarting their starting up for the new NBA, new WNBA season a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Actually, in the playoffs, I believe last year, I think it was uh, the star player for the Las Vegas Aces. I believe her name is Will, last name Wilson. I think it's Aja. Asia. I don't want to mess Wilson. it up. Asia Wilson. Asia, yes. I don't want to say Asia because I feel like this ghetto and be like, I don't want to get somebody's name wrong. Yeah. That's ghetto to me. <laughs> um, I remember specifically in the playoffs, she had rock. I think it was a, a throwback WNBA jersey dress. Mm-hmm. That boy was fire. So I know that they do typically have some jersey dresses that they are starting to make again. So oh, yeah, they're definitely is. making a comeback and people are just getting two jerseys and making one so it's definitely a thing i've seen it on the timeline <laughs> you was joking now we gotta hold you to the fire bro go ahead and get that thing <laughs> well, well i'm gonna take a picture of it send it to you as soon as it gets delivered listen you look you're sam plus in the spring 
there's a couple of things that come out in the spring. There are sundresses, and for the guys, now it's the Hoochie Daddy shorts, apparently. I don't know who <laughs> came up with this name of the Hoochie Daddy shorts. I know that gray sweatpants was a thing for a while. Now they have diverted into the Hoochie Daddy shorts. Mm-hmm. Do you have a pair? Huh? Do you have a pair? I do have a pair, actually. <laughs> I had okay. this pair before they coined it Hoochie Daddy shorts. They were just, to me, sweatpants that happened to be shorts. So okay. now I need more than one pair because mm-hmm. it's summer and I want to be stylish, if that's what that means. Yes. I got, I got the shoes to rock with it. That's easy. That's easy money. Mm-hmm. But apparently I got to get some Hoochie Daddy shorts. <laughs> Gotta make sure you moisturize them kneecaps. Absolutely. You ain't getting all this style. That's weird. Like, <laughs> I will moisturize with the coconut oil these kneecaps and make sure that I'm not actually walking outside. We gotta prepare ourselves for the summer holidays. Juneteenth is almost here, baby. So I gotta be ready. That's right. Um, so Jarrell, you sure that's all the shoes you bought, man? You sure? Because I thought mm-hmm. I counted one more, but I don't know if we. I think we talked about it, but I don't want to put you on blast. Oh, no. So those are somebody else. The Retro Fours came out last Saturday. And uh, <laughs> when, I, when I spoke to someone at Foot Locker about, about it, when I spoke to somebody at Foot Locker maybe like three months ago, I was like, hey, so the more I put my name in the raffles, then the higher chance I get to win for all the future stuff, right? She was like, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to always put my name in a raffle. So I won this pair. Um, and I started texting people like, hey, do you want these? Because I don't want them. And then I came across somebody who wanted them. So I went and bought them. He gave me the cash for them. So they weren't mine. So that doesn't count towards, uh, towards the collection. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't count. Rich trying to up my count because I think the last time we counted, I had like 26, which is now probably 27. So don't do I'm that. About the Navy sixes, <laughs> I think we already talked about that. I wasn't even talking about the fours. You just felt guilty to say it. So, hey, hey. <laughs> no, nah, we hey. talked about the sixes last time. <laughs> I know. That's what I wanted to make sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, So it is almost my nephew's birthday. One of his very, very immediate wishes was um to get a pair of Jordans. My sister did not know what that meant. She tried to play them. I had to make her cancel that order. And so... um. So yeah, this is a special pair to me. I don't have my own personal pair, probably yet. I don't know. But um wanted to make sure my little nephew got his first pair of retro Jordan. So I too saw these things sitting, the 72 and 10 Jordan 11s, the low tops. Okay. And he said he wanted a pair of black Jordans for his birthday. I texted the sister, it's like, send me the cash. Mm-hmm. I'll go pick these up and drop these off. I have to drop these off two nights, which is probably after you all uh, get this episode. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to make sure that my nephew is right for his 12th birthday. And That's what's up. his first pair of Jordans. So that excited me because anybody that knows me knows that I love shoes by any means necessary. I don't buy them, but I like when other people get them. Like when Jarrell gets shoes, like every other five minutes. Oh, <laughs> hey, it's all no, good. It's probably, like, it's probably like one pair a month. One pair a month? Yeah. That's still pretty good. Okay. 
June June is uh, a week away, right? Two weeks away, and I probably got six pairs this year. So we can just say, just go ahead and get the green beans, man. But anyway, okay. <laughs> See, there it is. Um, okay. So, <laughs> Doctor P. Yes. I know we talk about shoe things. Do you have an affinity of the gym shoe things? Or are you just like a give me some sandals, give me some uh, uh type of person? No, I definitely like sneakers. Uh, I would say like my go-to is definitely Vans. Mm. In fact, um, I always get maybe every six months like a new fresh pair of old school. Um, so I think I went a couple of months ago and they changed the shoe. In fact, the shoe fits a lot tighter. So I, I feel away. So I don't know what I'm about to do because they haven't changed it in years. I mean, I rock Vans in high school out all my life so now they fit a little weird so I'm trying to figure that out um but when I'm not rocking vans Jordans is definitely my go-to um so I would say you know I'm a I'm a short young lady so all this all the Jordans don't look good on short people in my opinion they make your feet look really big so I don't go really in the high numbers but the six is definitely my go-to I actually love the twos but the twos don't hit as much as they used to I have a couple of twos um they seems like they now are just adult whenever they come out but they're the most comfortable jordans i've ever felt um i think it's the threes those fit super tight or my i think it's the threes or the fives i don't know but the sixes are are my jam um i one day would like to get the taxis i was not able to get the taxis when the taxis came out and i'm i wasn't gonna pay 750 i just wasn't gonna do it no i just wasn't gonna do it no. So I would say like that's the last thing that I need to add to my collection, but I think I have like a total of 15 pairs of Jordans. Hey, there we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is so what is your favorite shoeing? We're kind of skipping ahead here, but we here now. What is your favorite Jordan in your collection right now? The retro sixes. Which color? Uh it's the black with the infrared. So that's my Ooh. go-to. They look real nice on a short, show short ground. I'm five feet, so it looks pretty nice. Um, there's some ones that I bought. I bought, um, I think they were the nines, and I forgot what cartoon was it. The Marshall Mark. It was some cartoon one that came out, and I can't think of the name, but they were just not a thing for me. And so I wore them once, and that was it. And I actually turned them into gym shoes because I was like, I'm not gonna waste but i do feel blessed that i can fit kid size grade school because man because <laughs> adult shoes is a lot um and then of course you know i can't do anything without my dad like what you got over there so i put him on to the ones so he wears the ones those are easy to find you know mm-hmm. he's an og so that fits better for whatever and he wears them all the time so definitely a jordan's person um i kind of fell out of the lottery and all that a while ago the raffles i used to go to three malls and put them in and yeah i'm kind of out out of that now now i kind of just hit up this reseller that i know from time to time and honestly i can't remember which ones i bought last but they're gray they're gray Mm-hmm. did they come out in december Mm, maybe around that time they were probably cool gray 11s no they weren't the 11s they weren't the 11s Mm-mm. they were gray i'm gonna tell y'all when i know but i that's you not have like, them I in have... your possession yeah i do hey okay i'm gonna go get segue them. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go get them okay. i'll be right back so as dr p is going to get her shoe thing ladies and gentlemen 
Um, I actually recently, I did something I didn't think I was going to do. This past Sunday, I actually wore my cool gray 11s outside of my house. Wow. I know. I didn't know about I, that. <laughs> I, listen, I think you're lying, but whatever. You told um, me that you, you showed me like the outfit, like at what, like 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock? And I was like, I didn't wear it until like four o'clock. So you knew. Okay. See, I you didn't knew. know that actually happened. I thought it was going to be like some pictures or a video call or something was going to happen when, when you. Oh, no, there's pictures. I just don't have them yet. We had a photographer for the event I was at. Mm-hmm. So um, the world probably knows this by now. But shout out to my sister in love who recently was initiated into Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority by Ways of Detroit recently. We had a big celebration dinner thing for them. And I said, for this occasion, I think it's special enough. I will put on the cool gray 11s for this moment, but only because the sweater matched that war with them. So it's only right, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's only, this is how you know Dr. P has a bunch of shoes, right? <laughs> she's been gone for like five minutes i do know. have a big old case so i'm trying to find what the are shoes. these the, the jordan one retro high these ones here we go i've only worn these once so far mm. so these are the last ones that i bought these are actually the ones yes and then yeah, look, the heat alert. Heat alert. I also bought these last year, but I haven't worn them yet. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, just all out of nowhere. <laughs> just, some heat. just some heat out of nowhere. <laughs> oh. I need some water. It's getting hot in here. I haven't worn these yet. It's getting hot in here. Doctor P. I remember, did I get these from a reseller? Okay. Yeah, these are the four. So yeah, I need a summer. It's on yes. and popping. Summer me, please. That's gonna be an amazing day. So those I are the last. Those are the last two that I purchased in the last what <laughs> six to eight months. I actually tried for those in 2020 when they initially came back out. I failed miserably. I did not get that shoe, and I'm still sad about it. These? Yes, those right there. Mm. Dang. Well, she got better. I better. remember where I got them. I don't know. I might have got them off a, a reseller. There's this one uh, reseller that I use from time to time, McLaren Kick Shop. Shout out to him. He's um, in New York. And I just didn't have the energy to try to raffle or nothing. So I just said, how much How much extra? Whatever. And then, yeah, here we are. And I haven't worn them yet. See? I'm talking about. It's a dangerous game, man. <laughs> it is it's a, a dangerous, dangerous game. game. Shout out to all the flicks at people that do the ship to me options, though. I haven't done it, but I heard it's a, re- it's a good thing. So mm-hmm. maybe that's in your future. I don't yes. Know. And um, I still need me a pair of something, Yeezy something. The ones I have, I'm like, eh, I want some slides or something. But shout out to Yeezy. Hurry up. Shout out to Yeezy. Shout out to people that like Yeezy. I am They're not comfortable. I'm, I'm, not. I'm, not, I'm here for Yeezys it. Yeezys look like hobo shoes and like jail shoes to me. But I am also very anti-Adidas. So. (laughs) Oh, I got a little Adidas collection too, but hey. They're really comfortable for actually working out, not saying I'm going to do it. And then like, I'm just trying to be cute. Like I actually can like 
do things at the gym in my Adidas. So my Adidas is definitely for the gym. Okay. Yeah, I'm not as strong on that as Richard is. So uh, the reason why I don't have uh, Adidas or a pair of Yeezy specifically is because as much as they cost, I might as well put it towards like the Jordans that I never got when I was a kid. So that's my reason as to why I- that, I, Now, I feel you on that. Now, how I got my Yeezys and I didn't get the all black ones and that's probably why I'm like these other ones like, eh, was I literally was up after Black Friday one day and I just hit the app and it said, oh, you won. And then because you had to put your credit card in there, they already took the money out. I was like, oh, okay. That'll I was like, hey, it. maybe I do got some luck. And then after that, I, I haven't since, but hey. <laughs> that was it. I'm like, oh, boo. Tomato, just, tomato, I, tomato. I'm, throwing I'm not paying reseller for that because they were already expensive as it is. So, no. You know, I recently went to Snipes. And when I went through it, I actually successfully hit on a pair of Yeezy slides within the last two weeks. I was very surprised. But I ended up selling them to somebody who actually wanted them. And as I was there, you know, these slides are retail like 70 bucks. I'm not paying 70 bucks for no goddamn slides. I'm not. <laughs> and these peanuts is amazing. Y'all, hey, listen, hey. These boys busting. But anyway, it was people literally standing in line in the rain, waiting until the reservation time frame was over. So they can gobble up the rest of these slots. Yep. And I'm just like, wow. Wow. See, I don't I don't have time for all that. No. Um, sometimes like to validate, like I'm gonna do a reseller, is that I calculate how much time I'm worth sleeping. And so if I can calculate that right, that's how much I'm gonna pay the reseller. <laughs> Cause I, I don't have time to be stocking, doing all that. Oh, you gotta check your email. Oh, you're not a winner gas be gassing i'm not about to drive to nobody's yes. mall and put in uh, nothing no lottery no nothing i'm just not and so now that i got a little bit of coin um sometimes i do take advantage of my coin but i'm definitely not doing that for all shoes but um yeah definitely love jordans definitely love vans got some adidas uh what else i got I think that's pretty much oh yeah the Yeezys I've literally worn them twice they're they're not the dark black that I wanted so I'm like eh, they're kind of like a black gray and I remember one day I was visiting uh, my parents and my mom was like who the heck got these alien shoes and I was just like oh my god <laughs> she's just ruining like do you know what these are do you know do you know what I had to go through I have to go ne through nothing but you know Let's be dramatic. Yeah, she kind of ruined it for me. So we are not the same. I am a Martian shoot. I'm just like, yo. And then when I'm not in those, I'm definitely in slides. So slides are my thing. Big up to you. I got some Ivy Park. Shout out to Beyonce. Hey. The OG Ivy Park before she went to Adidas when she was at Topshop Nordstrom. Mm. I got those slides. So those are my go-tos. I actually made sure I, I convinced my beautiful wife that we get some Ivy Park shoes. She was all like, I don't want to buy it. The budget, protect the budget. And when's <laughs> the last time you bought something for yourself? There you go. Life and her stuff is so well made. Like, like I said, that was when Top Shop and Nordstrom's had Ivy Park before her and the creative director, you know, part ways. So that was at least what five, six years ago. And they're still like really good, still has really good traction on the bottom. Like her stuff is worth years. So that's what you buy into is the quality, right? So yeah. 
as with Jordan Brand and apparently through Yeezy Brand and things of that nature. So, um, what can I say? And then Pharrell partnered with a shoe too. I haven't gotten those, but they look good Mm. on certain people. Big facts. Yeah. So yeah, definitely uh, love sneakers. Definitely in the heels. I'm mixture of both. I do both. Because I gotta grow, you know, like literally, I'm short. So I don't I think that time frame is over for you. I don't see you getting taller. I know that's why I need the heels. <laughs> I haven't grown since what like sixth grade. Yeah, I need the heels. So I definitely wear heels as well. Christian Louboutin's hurt, but we may got a pair too. Oh right then. Well, Jarrell, I think we have met our match when it came to guests having shoes. So <laughs> we're going to dance right on along here. That was hilarious. He was basically pulled out like a million dollars. Listen, I've got this sitting around. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Like, because I was looking for the gray ones and I'm like, oh my gosh, I bought these. I haven't worn them yet. So I'm like, yeah. And my mind, like, oh yeah, these two. She was about to wear them just on this episode. Like, we ain't even going nowhere. We ain't even in person. She was going to wear these boys on the episode. I love it. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that that. That pair of shoes would definitely look good with our collaboration merch. Shout out to my homies at First Creations. We do have a collaboration right now with my favorite shirt. Life is short. Go to therapy. Buy the shoes. Available in black, white, gold, blue, and of course, red and white. So. Sounds like I need to cop ASAP. I'm on it. We will make that happen for you. So, so you have been doing things. You have not just been sitting around on your bosom saying, I am a doctor. You have been up to things. You have started things. You are apparently all about the black men experience and you want them to be as healthy as possible. And you even, I do. And you even want them to get into the weight room and lift the weights. Yes. So, I, want, I want you to talk about what that means in your world. Like, what have you been up to and how does it relate to the weight? Let's, let's talk about that. Let's segue. I mean, I got, I mean, when people make me sit down and talk about it, I guess I got a lot of little things going on, right? So I have uh, my first private practice, which I launched in uh, 2017, Empire Counseling and Consultation. That is where I've done a lot of my practice work with Black men, um, Black women, other people of color, um, pretty much everybody under the sun. They come and they want to talk to me as a therapist, um, licensed in multiple states. So I see people in California. I see people in New York. I see people in Texas. Um, so kind of just spread everywhere, right? Um, loved it. Grew in the pandemic, right? People were not so sure about telehealth. And then the pandemic hit and they're like, I don't think I have a choice. So of course, for a lot of therapists like myself, business boomed, right? And so I think we're still dealing with that to this day, uh, especially with wait lists. Like I have a wait list now. Um, so that's that's been my baby. Love it. Um, I've helped a lot of black men. I've helped a lot of black women. Um, definitely um, have supported the indigenous communities, Asian Pacific Islanders, uh, the white community. Everybody has at some point walked into my office and I've been grateful. Um, so I've had that for a while um, in my course of not only just having my private practice, I've always been a W-2 employee, right? So I haven't always been self-employed. I've been working at agencies since I started in the field. So for a really long time, I was working with a substance abuse agency uh, where I was doing 
therapy, drug testing, ended up moving up to clinic director. So I was overseeing the entire clinic. Um, and that's where I got a lot of experience working with black men. And how that came about was that my biggest contract that um, I was essentially hired for was the federal probation contract. And so I, I got set up as being a federal probation drug monitor, which means, yeah, I go in the bathroom and I watch people pee. Um, and that, and I knew that was going to be a, a stepping ground. Like I didn't have any problems with them. Like, cool. I'm working with the criminal justice population. That's something I always wanted to do. I don't have to touch the pee, whatever. So it was fine, but I was going to school. So I was able to do therapy and, you know, what gender do you think showed up the most to be seen for counseling men, right? Wow. Men make up the biggest percentages in the justice involved populations, right? And not only was it men, it was black and brown men. So I would open the door because I, you know, I have a new client coming in and it would be a black man. And you could just tell on his face, he was like, okay, this may not be as bad as I think it's going to be. Um, and so over the course of me working with that organization, I would say probably like 65%, 70% of my caseload was black men. Um, and it became such a great experience for them and myself that I even connected greatly with the probation officers. So they would literally send clients like, hey, you know, let me know what you think. Do they need services? What, what do we need to do? Because let's be honest, everybody doesn't want help. Everybody don't want to change. No. So I'm not about to waste nobody's time. Hey, if you don't want to you don't want to do any of this. That's cool with me. Just can you like not hit the weed for like six months so you can get off paper? Like, can we just do that? I'm not going to touch anything else. Um, so that's where a lot of my experience with Black men came about. And that's actually how it became a niche because I realized how much of a connection I had to Black men, how much I was able to put what was happening to them. A lot of them are just walking around in circumstances. A lot of them are just doing things and are not really tapping into the reasoning or the emotion behind their decisions. And so when I was able to map it out and put some names to things, you can really see the connection that was happening in their emotional um, state. So that's essentially how I started working with Black men. Um, and that's when it became my niche and even an empire. Um, a good percentage of my clients is Black males. So if we fast forward to grad school, my master's program, I finished that two weeks later, I'm in my doctoral program. Of course, you have to pick a dissertation topic. So mine was barriers to mental health treatment for African-American men. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where I did a lot of my studying about, you know, um, what, are, what are the reasons why Black men are not able to seek help? What are some of the things that prevent us from getting help? So researching a lot of the historical context around medical mistrust, surrounding um, workplace racism, things like that, where there's large years and gaps of research, right? And so trying to navigate that. So essentially my dissertation came about and the result of it was is that black men are not open to not getting help. They just need different um, methods on how that help may look. It may not look like they need to be in a on a couch, but they may need to be in a group setting, right? And so that's essentially where the weight room comes from is that it's a result of my studies. I heard what black men needed it made sense. And so I applied all the research that we did and I incorporated it to make it a safe space for black and brown men to come do therapy, support groups. We're going to do book clubs. There's just a lot of things that we're going to do. Um, so that's how the weight room came about. In fact, the weight room, that wasn't the original name. <laughs> it was something else, really? which this name works out a lot better, right? I think it works out better. This is the funny thing is about that is when I think of 
the just the stigma of just being a black man man in today's society one of the things that we're often associated with is just being this macho strong person and obviously the easiest way to do that is to get to the gym and lift some weights so i think that it's a beautiful double entendre if you will of how that came about i'm really i'm really excited and happy for you that you even thought enough of us as black men no matter you know what the circumstances we've been through to provide that space so just kudos to you thank you and you know i was fortunate that i grew up with a lot of um powerful loving black men in my life like my father's very loving best father i could ever ask for um you know i've had cousins that are like uncles i've never had black men in my life that made me feel any less for being a black woman they appreciated right and so when i when i look at black men they hold so much power in the world. I know a lot of people try to remove that from them, right? Oh, they're dangerous. Oh, they're this. Oh, they're that. But I don't think I would be who I am without a Black man in my life. Mm. And so sometimes I it overwhelms me to think that there's a bunch of men like that walking around feeling like they don't matter. And I'm like, whoa, do you know how much you matter? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to thrive without you guys. Like, yeah, you know, as women, I have my own strengths that I could manage, but like, it's so much better when you guys are around. And so I, I just think that's really um, disheartening. And I know where it stems from, right? It, it stems from racism. It stems from slavery. It, it stems from oppression. It stems from a lot of things, but it's like, if I can just impact one black man to see like you're, you're worth so much more than you think. And the things that you've learned has helped you be somewhat stable in life but you are a human being first so let's tap into the things that make you human I just I I can see the joy in black men and and that's really what I I thrive to do um because you guys are so important and I and I'm it's just sickening that the world makes it a dangerous place for I mean all of us in the black community but it really takes a toll on the black man's soul and that's just not okay so we're going to figure out how to uplift you guys in our own community. The world doesn't want to look at you that way. At least us over here, we definitely appreciate, you know, you just existing. So that's really where it comes from. You know, it's so much to be said about that. Um, just with the just current climate of just existing in today's society. Um, you know, there's often many different stigmas for against I'm going to say for against um, African-American men, men of color, um, some of them being the, you know, quite frankly, dudes ain't spit. You know what I'm saying? I'm using BET language today. Um, (laughs) You ain't spit. Um, But like we often get that notation and we get that identity. And granted, it could be very honestly some of the behaviors and activities and things we're involved with if we don't have the right guidance, et cetera, as a youth, whatever. But the youth standpoint of how we came up, there comes a certain part of your life where that needs to stop being the reason you're this way. And Absolutely. it's getting that self-help that you need. It's finding that therapist or counselor that you can connect with, that you can grow into your best version of yourself so that you can stop, you know, that you can ultimately help erase that stigma. Because if we have more Black men that do that, then we can visually show that we are more than what is portrayed in the media. Um, in fact, um, with May being Mental Health Awareness Month, 
one of the ways to eliminate mental health stigma is to call out when the media's, you know, getting it wrong, quite frankly. You know what I'm saying? So what better thing than to have um, organizations such as yours to basically help eliminate that stigma and say, all right, we want to make sure that you're not what they say in the media. So come on, sit down. Let's let's talk about your things. Let's get it under wraps. And hopefully we can get you out of the system that they want to put you in so bad and assume that they're right because you're wrapped up in the system. Sometimes it's legal. Sometimes it's literally illegal evidence that got planned. Let's let's call it what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like I've seen that happen too many times, but I've also seen a situation where, you know, just coming up with another black man being spoiled. You know what I'm saying? Like because that person is lacking a parent in the household, they want to overcompensate by pouring so much in, like. Get you these shoes, make sure you look fresh, make sure your guest outfit got the matching jackets, all these things. Get your ears pierced, get your license so you get a car at like 15. Weird. And now you think that everybody owes you something. And I've literally seen this story unfold because it's somebody I once considered a brother, but like he recently got out of prison and did like an almost 10 year bid. And I feel as if I can't trust him. And it's not that I don't want to trust him. Like, it's almost like my brother. But, like, I haven't told this man my address. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it, it feels a way, like, I feel a way about it. But at the same time, when I'm hearing about the activity that he's involved with now, I'm just like, yeah, that's, you know. So I guess my question being is, one of the main things I've been trying to do is just point him in a direction that he says he wants to go in when it comes to getting therapy. But he just ain't doing it. So what is your recommendation for somebody that's like, I wanna get the help, yeah, I wanna be right. I wanna get right for my son. Just all this, but none of this. All the talking but no walking. Like, what, what is your, do you have any, like, have you seen that before? And like, how did that person end up finally committing? Yeah, I think like a big part of my career in general was working with mandated population, right? So they're not coming to see me because they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was fortunate that I would say more than half wanted to stay because they saw a difference in talking about it but there was still a portion that was like I'm just here like you know um what's his name for the race I'm just here so I won't get fined oh Marshawn Lynch yes like that's literally what it was right and so a lot of times uh what I would use is motivational interviewing right like I'm not gonna throw out anything um that's gonna say like well you need to be doing this and you need to be doing that obviously authority and people telling you what to do isn't working um, yeah, you're here because, you know, you got caught smoking weed and you on federal probation, so you shouldn't be doing that. And so that's why you're coming to me. But who am I to tell you, oh, weed's bad for you? Like, it, I, I, obviously, you know, because you know you're not supposed to be doing it. So I would approach it of like, what kind of change do you want to see in your life? Is it because everybody keeps telling you that you have to change or that you really feel that some of the things that you're doing really isn't fitting well in the phase that you're trying to go into or it's uncomfortable? Because a lot of times men want to shut people up 
yeah, 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 I'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't worry about it, dog. Yeah, I know. I know I got to work on this. You know, I'm going to call the lady. You know, I heard about that lady thing a year ago. I really thought they were talking about Miss <laughs> Cleo. Like, call, you know, Ms. call me now. Cleo. And I was like, oh. When I found out it was a therapist, I'm like, oh. Oh, am I am I the lady? You are the, oh, lady. I'm the lady. So when they said, I'm going to call the lady, it's, it's, we're going to work it out. I'm the lady, I'm the therapist. So, you know, they'll, they'll pacify anybody that comes in their way so they don't have to hear about it. But if, if they're doing that, they really don't want to make the change. So, I mean, I would talk to your friend of like, first of all, what do you think help looks like? Because a lot of times when the men would come see me, they had this preconceived notion that I was going to pull out this big pad of paper, nod my head and go, uh-huh, uh-huh, and tell me how you feel. And I'm just like writing my life away and they're going to lay on the couch and tell me about how their parents were bad parents when they found out that it was just a natural conversation I'm like so I see some of the areas that you had to do a b and c to survive in fact it sounds like you have good instinct because you knew you should have made this last run but you wanted a b and c so you made the last one and that's when you got caught so it sounds like you have the ability to know when things are not good for you versus when they are but you don't trust yourself to make that right decision. So having conversations like that really help men identify what we're really doing in the therapy room. But I will honestly ask your friend, like, what do you think like it's going to look like? Honestly, too, if he's nervous, and I know men have a hard time saying like, I'm scared about it. Say like, do you want me to go with you? There's plenty mm-hmm. of friends. Even before I became like a, a full licensed therapist, I would say, do you want me to come to sessions with you? I had a friend that I went to four of them. And I'm like, I think you got this. She's like, I think I got it too. Um, so sometimes it's like, what do you think is going to happen? Or do you really want to change for your son? Or are you saying that because everybody's pressuring you to? Because if he doesn't want to change, then you just got to let him be. That's the one thing about dealing with the human experience is that people are going to do what they want to do. We can't force anybody to do anything. But we really need to make sure that they're talking for what they really believe in and not what's been fed to them by other people. Mm. Or is he scared? I mean, let's let's really think about it, right? When I talk about mental health disorders, when we talk about like the DSM-5 for the culture, which is a webinar that I teach about putting the culture into diagnosing, right? The, one of the questions that I have the therapist ask is, what are some of the things that you want to keep? Like the symptoms that we list of like, oh, these are the reasons why you have anxiety. These are the reasons why you have depression. While in the list, it makes it sound bad. Some of these are survival. So it's like, what are some of these things that you want to keep? What are some of these things that have made you feel protected? What are some of these things that you use for survival that you don't want to necessarily hold on to yet? Some of the things that society may look as bad may be survival for him. So he doesn't want to let that go because he doesn't feel like he can have that protection. So it's like having those little conversations of really understanding when he says, I want to get help, I want to do right. What exactly what does he want to do right? Because if he can't tell you, then he's he's obviously that's why he's not going because he's not ready. He just knows that people keep telling him stuff. He knows that he doesn't want to lose his freedom, but he's not necessarily sure if he really wants to come and be a, a completely different person that can take some of those survival skills that ended up landing him wherever. Um, he doesn't know if he wants to let that go. So that's the part where he has to really decide if he's willing to explore, you know, different things to protect and survive. Mm. and he just may not be comfortable with that or knowing but then this is also where that understanding of the black community and the black male experience right out the gate nobody's going to think about the things that he's doing as survival they're going to look at as like oh he's a bad man he went to jail but it's like it's not Mm -hmm. 
the black experience is different so we got to do certain things and yeah it may not always be right but life ain't fair to us either so when we look at it as like not a shame on you shame on you and we look at it as like were these survival techniques were these things that you needed to get to a b and say like what was it that creates a lot more understanding for them and a lot more safety to talk about these things um so that's where he maybe he doesn't know what change looks like and it's scary Mm. or if he's forced ain't no nobody want to be forced it don't work have homeboy come talk to me i'll figure it out (laughs) listen Listen, I am just going to connect y'all. We're going to see if we can figure this out one time. Um, but no, I, I think you bring some very, very solid gems, um, especially when it comes to, I think one of the things that we as a people are guilty of is trying to tell someone about themselves without letting them tell, them to tell you about themselves. And when I say that, I literally mean like, you know, Everybody doesn't want to be, everybody when that comes to talk to you doesn't necessarily want your help. They just want to talk to you, you get it out. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, that's why I'm very intentional when I ask, like before they, you know, come to me, we're initiating that part of the conversation. I often ask, okay, how do you want me to listen? Do you want mm-hmm. me to listen as like a friend to just hear you out? Or do you want me to he- listen to, you know, give feedback and or tell you what my opinions are? Right. Um, because if you get that wrong, <laughs> you could be a certain type of person out there. You can be, he think who he think he is. He think he got him a little, little podcast. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That. You know, he can help anybody with mental health. No, we said this on episode one. I, Richard Winfrey, am not a therapist. <laughs> this podcast is not a substitution for going your ass to therapy. So with that being said, if something that we say speaks to your soul, we will provide the resources for you to go talk to them. I ain't got it. So that's why I think this episode is definitely important because we want to make sure people realize that, hey, we are just black men that may have went through some things or may have seen some things gone through. And if we went through it, there could be somebody else that went through it. If we seen it, somebody else probably felt seen. So absolutely. How can we bridge that gap to make sure that more and more of just black men in general feel more comfortable talking about their things? But also more important, if they decide to take that next step and go to therapy, hey, hopefully with the podcast that you listen to to get that to get that courage, if you will. So um, absolutely, you know, it's definitely an important thing. Um, I want I want to talk to you real quick. You know, I want to I want to get in want to get into something that you know we got to we got to we can't just have a podcast to talk about certain curated topics. We got to talk about what's going on in the world because I truly feel like the world shapes our mental health. So mm-hmm. now we're going to talk about the things outside. And in the last two weeks, there have been so many things that 
I'm not going to say I'm numb about because I'm tired of even saying that phrase. I'm numb to the fact. Um, but with that, there was also a video that I think explains this to the T. So I'm going to pull this up and just play the audio. And we're going to get into why I am tired of the things. So give me one second. I'm not going to talk about basketball. Nothing's uh, happened with our team in the last six hours. We're going to start the same way tonight. Uh, any basketball questions uh, don't matter. Um, since we left shoot around, 14 children were killed 400 miles from here. And a, and a teacher. And in the last 10 days, we've had elderly black people killed in a supermarket in Buffalo. We've had Asian churchgoers killed in Southern California. And now we have children murdered at school. When are we going to do something? I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to, to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. There's 50 senators. I'm going to leave it right there. We know what the rest probably happened. Mm -hmm. This is Jarrell's favorite basketball team, by the way. You know, hey, listen. I'm not going to hate because it's gang gang over here too, so. Listen, listen. I am not here to disrespect Golden State Mafia, okay? Don't. I do not want to end up someplace that I cannot get myself out of and need to call Nate Dog. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't want to get jammed up. But what I will say is the Golden State Warriors have been the example of what a solid franchise needs to be over at least the last, whew, at least the last 10 years, to be mm -hmm. completely honest with you. Just built that thing on up. Um, when they hired Coach Steve Kerr, um, I knew that they picked a good coach because I seen that man as a basketball player. You know, I seen him bail out Michael Jordan. Um, and I say that term loosely. Shout out to the last dance. Very loosely. Very, very, very loosely. <laughs> Here I am bailing out Michael Jordan again. Um, but when certain coaches, when a coach speaks, they speak to be heard and felt. Coach Greg Popovich was another example of that. Steve Kerr, I think, nailed it exactly on the call, like that hammer to the nail to the coffin. There should be no reason in the world that we need to be saying praying for another city or state in 2022 over the same issue that we've been experiencing since at least Sandy Hook almost 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. There is no reason in the world that in 2022 that we need to be talking about, oh, the shooter had, he was, he was, he didn't like being poor. First off, and I want to get your take on this, Doc, but I don't know about y'all, but I remember evaporated milk. I remember that big old block of cheese. It used to taste real good. You know, like I remember being tired of mashed potatoes because that's all that was economical for the household. So I remember the days of quote unquote, some struggles. 
Um, I'm not going to say I had it as worse off as others, but there were times where there was no name brand cereals or things in my house. There were moments where I could not buy the shoes because I didn't have shoe money. So for this, and, and I think the other issue I have with it is I think, I think that was a situation in which the guy, quite frankly, took out some innocent kids. And then I think the police actually gunned him down. Did not, I don't even like the fact that that happened. I'd rather have been like a public execution or something. But like as convicted things of that nature, you need to be accountable for all that. I feel like that was a, a cowardice way to actually end it. But that's me. I'm not gonna get too many think pieces on that anymore because after Will Smith, I'm tired of think pieces, let's be real. Um, When it comes to our mental health, when it comes to current events that seem to mimic this magnitude, what is your advice on how to manage during that time, those times? Because me personally, that's the other reason I had to go to the gym. I was like, let me just try to get that three miles in didn't work let me just try to get that time on the bike and let me just try to exert my energy or something that's going to benefit my body but there may be some people that don't know what to do and that was me probably the last couple of days just with other things going on and i'll explain that in a second but if you had to just like put your hand on somebody's shoulder that was going through it what would you either say or advise that person to do going through some numbing times like this? You know, I think it's hard because when we want to offer solutions to people, we want them to start feeling relief immediately. And then they also want to feel relief immediately. Right. And during these times, it's just not possible. You know, it's funny because uh, in the beginning of this podcast, you had mentioned like we have been trying to connect and do this interview together. And I think the last time that we actually had put something on the books, we had to postpone because of George Floyd, I think. Yes. Um, and so here we are today. And I was like, there's probably a good chance that we may not want, we may not do this. But I also thought about it too. It was like, we are probably so numb at this point that the show just continues to go, right? Because I need to do something in order to just process and remove from me just being in my inner thoughts and I think that's the hardest part as a therapist is that yeah I'm holding space for people later today tomorrow earlier this morning that I don't have answers I don't have answers how to make you feel any better uh what I have is that how are you reducing the amount of information that you're being fed right Mm -hmm. um you guys are both on Twitter you know Twitter is like it can be a great place and it also can be a place where you didn't need to know all that information you didn't need to see all the memorial pictures you didn't need to see that person's last twitter post you didn't need to see a lot of things Mm -hmm. and also social media is the place where a lot of not good videos are also shown right so like uh for the buffalo shooting like we shouldn't have to see him you know he walked past a white man, pointed a gun to him. He said, I'm sorry, and kept on walking and shot up the rest of the grocery store. Those are things that we don't really need to see. And a conversation I had with somebody earlier today, because I was doing another um, interview, was that none of that stuff is meant for Black people. We don't need to see any of that. 
We know it happens every day. We know that people don't F with us because of what we look like in the community that we come from. So when they show these videos, when they show these events happening, it's for the people that swear we can't get over slavery. We can't get over. We're, you know, we're making stuff up. We're sensitive. No, we're not. And this is just a portion of what's being caught on on film. There's a lot of stuff happening throughout society that we will never get to see. Or we see it when it already happened. So when it comes to, you know, helping my community heal, I, I stress the importance of get off social media. You know, at this point, you need to uninstall the app because now we're at a place where you get on your phone and you your finger just goes to the Twitter app. It just goes to Instagram without you even thinking. And it's really challenging for you to be able to filter what's right and what's wrong. So the first thing I say is let's get off social media, maybe spend, you know, 20 minutes on social media during the day, you know, catch up or whatever. And at night, it seems like a little bit more of the silliness comes in, right? So maybe be mindful about how you scroll in the evening. Uh, don't watch any of those videos. I. I think Black people truly don't understand the amount of vicarious trauma that you get from watching and hearing these things. We feel like we're so uh, resilient at times, like these things don't fade us. It does. Secondhand trauma, vicarious trauma, which means that it may have not personally um, happened to you, but you you witnessed it. You saw something of it. The, a lot of us deal with PTSD from just seeing these things. So the more we watch these videos, the more that we scroll the timeline, the more we're watching the news, we are accumulating post-traumatic stress syndrome. So we need to be mindful of that. Also, too, I think we just need to cry. I think a lot of us are just like, what is there left to do? I got to suck it up and go to work. No, you don't. You can cry. You can take a nap. You can call off work. You can do whatever you need to do. I think in these moments where we're feeling uncertain, we need to go to our safe space. So where's our safe space? A lot of times that's our homes. So we need to spend more time recollecting ourselves. Yeah. We also need to tap into who we know are allies, right? And that was one of the things I talked about earlier today was allies need to stand up a little bit more. Y'all know what goes on in your in your networks, like the white community. Y'all know what people be saying about Black people and this and that. What are you guys doing to stand up for us? So when we do have the energy, talking to the people that supposedly support us, what are you doing? Because you have more power than us. What are you doing to take a stand about, you know, gun violence and police brutality and how we're being treated? Are you talking to your friends about this? Are you using your influence in the right way? Or are you just pacifying me because you have some guilt? At the end of the day, this stuff is rough. At the end of the day, no matter what anybody can say, none of us feel safe in this world. But what we can do is give ourselves as much grace as possible. And that's the part where we really have to work on. We don't always need to jump on social media and have something to say. We don't always need to stand in the gap and retweet all these stats and all that. Every time you're you're doing something, you're providing more energy you just don't have anymore. Mm. The world isn't fair. We do advocate and we have seen some change, right? It's just not enough. Uh-huh. And the world is seeing what's going on. But at the end of the day, it's not always, we don't always have to be the frontline battle. We need to take turns if that makes sense. Uh-huh. So like, for instance, if you're just tired today, cool, I actually have energy. So I'm gonna, you know, rah, rah, and, you know, tell everybody how I feel and give out information because tomorrow I'm gonna be tapped out. But you got some juice tomorrow, so you tap in. We have to kind of go in cycles like that as a community. We have to be more mindful that 
We can't always show up to be that right fighter. We can't always show up to be the spokesperson for the community. We are shell-shocked and our bodies and our minds are processing and we need to give that time. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot going on. I mean, the world in general, it seems like ever since March 2020 hit, it, has, it hasn't been the same. And we keep talking about, oh, when we go back to normal. We ain't going back to normal, fam. This is the normal. Right. That this is it. Gone. Now we have to shift and find resilience in this but we can't because we can't for groceries we can't because we can't feed our babies we can't go to the grocery store because we're afraid we're gonna get shot like i don't know about you but i need the groceries the next day and i thought twice about it. in fact i did an instacart pickup i'm like i don't i don't feel like going to no grocery store right now that's it i love my instacart listen and now me too I'm like you know now I'm like, I hope I don't get a black person to shop my groceries because somebody's an idiot out in Buffalo, New York. You know what I'm saying? There's okay. copycats. I mean, that weekend was a lot, right? We had Buffalo. And then in California alone, we had um, a isolated shooting at Grand Central Market, which is a really big place, a bunch, a lot of food and things like that in LA. And then the next day in Laguna Woods, which is OC, which is not that far for me, it's maybe an hour or so. There was a shooting in a, a Taiwanese church. Mm. And then just at, and literally just as I was taking a deep breath yesterday and I felt like I had a little bit more air in my lungs. I was typing out an email to my team, just checking in because that that's the biggest thing about the weight room is that it, it's about the clients, but it's also about the therapist. How am I taking care of you? As I'm literally typing about how I was in crisis mode last week because of Buffalo and whatever was going on. I get a news bulletin about Texas. Yeah. My hands froze. I couldn't type anymore. I'm like, I'm over here typing about something that almost happened two weeks ago. And here I am. I looked at my Instagram um, algorithm of my post. I literally posted two posts ago about how to deal with racial trauma. Am I going to have to post that again? I just posted it right. for Buffalo. That's it. it we don't, there unfortunately there's not a quick solution to make the feeling go away healing takes time and that's the problem is that we heal we think we're okay and then something else happens so the biggest thing that we can do for ourselves is to rest and protect our minds right. they're gonna you know make it seem like the shooting in buffalo wasn't a big deal they're gonna you know say that he had a toothache and you know he was all messed up and they're gonna say oh boy you know was bullied and that's why he picked on fourth graders like, i don't i don't understand right like but the more we, but the more we talk about the more we hear it the more frustrated we get what are we doing for ourselves mm -hmm. there's a time to be angry and there's a time to rest you know there's we can't be, be angry one, all the time there's gonna be one day when we look back at this and we're going to Chris Rock this scenario. We're going to simply set a follow. It's like, so you telling me that you woke up just broke one day and them little kids was laughing at you because you was broke. Them little kids wasn't thinking about you. Shut your ass up. You lying. But all of that being said, I think more just the, for me personally, it was a lot because not only did that happen, I think I also saw like somebody's like Instagram story or something like that. And, you know, some young ladies walking through the Deer District in Milwaukee, I think, last week as well. And they thought, you know, they got, you know, something happened, just whatever. And it was like, oh, that's no biggie. But then all of a sudden, they couldn't walk anymore because they had been shot. And it's just like, I am it's, so it's, tired it's of It's the this. stuff like that where it's like, it's, it's too much. 
Right. It's like this. You, you, you got to be kidding me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's I don't even you know, this time of year is about sports for me. This is about like playoffs, this is about NBA finals. This is about WNBA kicking back off. It's about baseball starting back up. This shouldn't have to be about another shooting incident, another racial incident, another person not going home back to their families. It should never be about that. But I think for me in particular, it's also numbing because I just got the news about my great uncle two years, two days ago about his passing. So like for me, it is so much that I'm it's just so like, much happening at once that you don't know where to grieve the most, yes. where to be angry the most, because everything is just lost. Like we're just experiencing loss. We're yes. experiencing loss of we lost our elders. We're experiencing loss of sense, right? Like, okay, well, nobody cares about me. And the fact that I look this way, I'm a target. So we feel loss and just existing. We it's it's a lot of grief in so many layers that you just literally feel weighted down and you don't exactly. know what to do. And that's why you going to the gym and you talking about it now and, you know, condolences on the loss of your family and, you know, trying to move around. These are the things that can help revitalize us because all we, we need to build our strength back up for potential letdown. Like it's going to really take a while for there to be a shift. I'm hoping that this is the last massacre of anything that we have to experience. I hope that this this situation really does wake up the people that don't want to vote, you know, certain in certain ways so that guns can be, you know, searched thoroughly or, you know, or elite legalized for like assault weapons and things like that. I don't know how long that's going to take. I mean, I can always hold hope. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the more we protect our minds, during the times that we're most vulnerable, the more we can find strength to find positivity in the things that are happening in our life. Like last night when I uh, was ready to go to bed, I was coming up the stairs and, I, and I, I told God, I'm like, thank you for giving me this safe, peaceful house. Like I'm grateful that I can be at home and watch whatever I want and it's quiet outside. And I, I just, I'm just existing. I can go in the kitchen. I can make me something to eat. Like I just feel okay. Everybody doesn't feel that, but whatever their safe space is, I'm thankful I have a safe space to even just deal with this. These are the things that we have to find gratitude in. Because while the world is chaotic, there are small little things of gratitude we can find. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that in the moment I try to get people to focus on. So we're going to have a little activity then, and I'm just going to integrate myself into this activity. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you mentioned, like, I have to remember, and this is for the people listening at home too, when times like this happen, you may feel vulnerable, you may feel as if you're hopeless, that you can't do anything. But as the doctor just mentioned, it's okay to just sit back and talk about the nouns that you do have. Um, when it comes to people um, every day, even though I give him complete hell some days, sometimes it's out of pure jokingly love but I am just also just all like often very, very thankful for somebody like Jarrell because he'll literally just be like, just listen. He won't say anything. He's going, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And at first it's like, stop saying, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I know that he's listening with intention. He's going to repeat back exactly what I said. So I just feel comfort in that. I feel comfort in knowing that I have a spouse that's going to like, if I need to just take space for myself, 
she's going to look at me without judgment and say, I get it. Cool. Well, I talked about this actually with her a couple of days ago about emotional intelligence. Um, I had a family member who had experienced one point, you know, about a round of chemotherapy for cancer. And she got a news alert, well, alert from her doctor saying that, um, you know, the little thing has gotten a little bit bigger. And so she's panicking. I get it because we saw a family member, two family members now pass away from cancer. And so, you know, when the news broke about my great uncle, she was going to her appointment to find out about this thing to determine if she needs like radiation therapy again. Thankfully, the doctors determined because of the size and the growth of it, she did not. And so it's having that emotional intelligence for yourself and for others. And it's our responsibility to hold that emotional intelligence because I could have told her about our great uncle when I found out the news, but I don't think that would have been fair to her. Right. Yeah, she's celebrating a victory. She's celebrating a small thing that brought her the biggest joy. And right. she's like, let me enjoy it. It's not I'm like, let her enjoy this moment. And I'm not going, if it comes down to it, I won't be the person to tell her. I'll just provide that space when she finds out or when right. I can tell her. Um, I had to find that out for myself too, because like you mentioned, the world is crazy out there. We can be scared, things of that nature. But I wake up every morning, one, grateful that I did. Two, that this place is still intact. You know, it's, it don't look like a complete office that I want it to look like yet, but this thing, this house is busting. Like when we got this thing in August, 2020, I was just like, baby, I can't not believe we bought a house. This is the wildest thing I done did. You know what I'm saying? Like being able to have the option to cook on holiday weekends. Right. Um, being a having the 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 physical ability to walk into a shoe store to pick out shoes for my nephew's birthday, to you know, just all those things, having the physical strength to even though I didn't feel like doing it because our relationship was traumatic, helping my mother move into a new space that resembles a true new space and it looks amazing like these are the little things that I have to be mindful of as we look at all the dark times there are some light there's light in all the darkness and so if we just spend our time in the darkness saying it's so dark in here we'll never get nowhere but if you're in the dark room and you can acknowledge the light spots you you got to be able to do both right it's it's grief right so there is a time to grieve and there's a time to take steps back into like you said the light and so that's essentially what's happening to us is that we're grieving and you know business as usual right for some and for some it's like nope I'm taking a break because this already happened now another thing's going on like I can't handle both and that's fine um but I think people feel guilty like if they try to move forward and find positivity or find gratitude and like I'm glad that didn't happen to my kids or I'm glad you know I didn't have to be in that situation it's not necessarily like you're gloating or you should feel bad about it it is a blessing that you didn't have to go through this but it's also bringing awareness that you know as much as we have you know time where we don't have to worry about this stuff it's always looming somewhere and I think that's the part where Black people, we just sit on edge all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the part of our fight or flight. And that's why I think um, in the Black community, we have a lot of weakened immune systems, right? Because our fight or flight is on 10 all the time. 
going into work, taking that deep breath because you don't know what microaggression is going to come at you. Uh, when you go out in spaces, is it enough Black people for I feel safe? Is it too many Black people where we can be a target? Like all the time, our fight or flight is like, are we going to fight or are we going to run? That takes a toll. It's always supposed to be used in certain situations, but for us, it's like every day. So that's why we become sick more. That's why we have, you know, we are in the, the higher rates of the categories of all these health disparities is because we are always triggered. Mm. So there's a time to rest and then there's a time to grieve and there's a time to rest and there's a time to fight. But we have to work way better on the rest part. Listen, and you said And take shifts. Early. When somebody got energy, go ahead, pop off, sis. I'm going to rest up because when you're tired, I got you. Like we really need to work on that. Because right now you could tell, you can tell people are just tweeting just to be tweeting to feel like if they don't say anything, they're not doing anything. And sometimes resting is just what you need to be doing for everybody. And that's the part we still got to work on as a community. You know, it's funny as you mentioned that because I think, I think yesterday and the day before I was typically at the end of the work day, I try to decompress and like, you know, play games on my phone, look at shoe things wait for the result of shoe raffles, you know, nonsense like that, right? Um, but I took a nap. I was like, I'm taking a nap. That's I'm right. My, I'm putting my, putting my little pretty head down. I'm taking a nap. And I felt so much, like, even though it was like 30 minutes, an hour, maybe, like, I felt so much better about all of the things. Like, even yeah. today, like, I feel lighter. Like, I don't feel as if I'm carrying the world because now it's like, well, the world going world and rich going rich. So I guess I just need the rich and keep this thing moving. Um, I can still acknowledge those spaces where things aren't happy, but right. I can also acknowledge those things that feel good. And it's like, okay, as long as you figured that part out, you're getting somewhere, young man. Because that's, so, that's a coping skill, right? So it's not necessarily like you're dismissing things, but you're coping. And so when you're able to identify that, and sometimes rest is the, is the biggest thing. Like, like sometimes we have to think like, what if me staying up and worrying about this all night, what is that really helping anybody in that situation? How is this helping my community? It's not doing really anything. If anything, it's taking the biggest toll on you. Right. So those are the parts where you can exist in being sad and angry and also grateful for you not having to deal with this direct decision, but also just being aware of how this, how this situation impacts you. Big facts. It's a it's a skill that we have to learn without feeling guilt. Big facts. And so I think that is a good way to put a pin in this. But um I think if there's anything I can take away from the last several days, weeks, is that when people say take things day by day, I challenge that. I challenge that because I strongly believe that you need to take things moment by moment. Absolutely. And acknowledge the timestamps of where you are in those moments. One moment you may feel like, man, life is just great. Another moment after that, you may feel like, but man, that thing that bothered me yesterday is starting to bother me again right now. It could literally be seconds apart. It's oh, there is no rule book when it comes to grieving. There is no rule book when it comes to feelings. And most importantly, there should not be a person out here telling you how to feel. I don't care what their profession is. It's up Period. to you to 
discover that for yourself. And with the right people in your circle and the right therapists and the right counselors, they can help you unpack how you feel so that now you know what's in your luggage, what's what what layers to your onion, what what are the things that are underneath your surfaces that you need to unpack so that you don't, if you don't need to carry it anymore, then you can just dispose of it properly. It's like recycling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it's like emotional recycling. That's the best way I could think of it. It you gotta is. Know you gotta know what you're carrying. You gotta know, you gotta have your separate containers to know where to put certain things. There are certain things that possibly need to be recycled for good use later. There are possibly some things that need to be just put straight in the trash. You need to put that boy in a composter and never deal with it again. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, I, I think that, I hope that what this episode provides people is just the, if it's not attacking those layers for you, it's understanding that you have layers. And in order for you to get to the bottom of those layers, you possibly need somebody to put the containers out for you. Yeah. We call it trash day. <laughs> trash day or, you know, the weight, right? So the weight room is all about bench pressing your emotional state into a healthier you. Mm. And so men feel like they have to carry the weight of the world. So we're going to teach you how to lift these things in a healthy way. But sometimes the weight just does not fit you. So you need to let it go. And so we're going to help you let it go and lift things that need to be more prioritized than what you thought was, or maybe that has had an expiration date. And the good thing about the gym, and the good thing about the gym, and you mentioned it, is there's weight options. (laughs) There may be some weights that's just not for you at all, big fella. You shouldn't even be trying to lift that weight. Period. That weight was never for you. You know what I'm saying? And so it's the self-efficacy, if you will, to know what weight is for you. And once you know that, then you can plan and schedule your workout accordingly. You know what I'm saying? So I'm hoping that people can gather that from this. Um, We will definitely make sure that if the peoples need to talk to you, not me, because I ain't got it. (laughs) <laughs> that people need to talk to somebody who is licensed, but yet because they are busy, black, and blessed, that you can get <laughs> on their calendars, that they can contact you accordingly. So we will make sure that information is available for all of our listeners and people that need um, can go to in the description section. You know, typically we do a wild card. We typically ask our friends and family, uh, you know, a series of the questions and things. However, I'm gonna do a quick audible and I'm gonna let Jarrell ask this because we usually ask at the beginning of the episode with our new guests. But uh, in order to improperly bring you into the mental matters community, there is one question and Jarrell, I know you know this question that we need to ask our guests. So I'm going to let Jarrell handle this. Yes, Dr. Patrice, we need you to state, why does your mental matter? Oh, why does my mental matter? 
Mm, my mental matter because that is the whole existence of my being. When my mental is not right, when my mental is not confident, when my mental is not healthy, my body doesn't feel good, my relationships suffer, the excitement about the things that I find in life don't exist without a good mental. So my mental is everything. Mm. It, it's the center of me feeling empowered about who I am as a person. And when you don't feel that, you don't feel like anything's worth doing. Um, so yeah, definitely my mental matters. And I definitely have to check it all the time. I mean, as a therapist, people think like, oh, you probably have like the best coping skills. You probably are on like perfect all the time. No, do you guys not know that therapists never take their own recommendations? Duh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, we don't, but I do a lot better job. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think that I, I take care of my mental just as much as because I think growing up in the social media realm, I can see how having the same thing or same themes played over and over can really make you feel a way about certain things. And so just being very mindful of what I'm absorbing is how it's really going to make me feel about myself. I really need to take consideration about that because sometimes social media makes you feel like you're not as dope as you are, but when you take a break from it, you think you're the shit and you are. Okay. So my mental matters, and that's why I make it a priority to take care of it. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, I think y'all heard that if you don't think you the shit, step away from social media and you will find out very quickly how valuable you are. You um, are the Beyonce of the group. What? <laughs> <laughs> you won't make me turn on a uh, beach elephant. <laughs> <laughs> You are the pink starburst. You are. Listen. Listen. <laughs> That's that pink starburst. <laughs> that is one of the most underrated, underrated things in today's society. Absolutely. You I realize you are the pink starburst. You either have bad taste buds or you do not realize how rare a pink starburst is. Because they stay buy. giving you reds, and that's not the business. Some people buy the favorite pack just to try to get a bunch of pink starbursts. But if you've ever been trick-or-treating. <laughs> you always get red and yellow. You it, 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 That two-pack is always a red and yellow. <laughs> it is never a red and pink. And if, if you get double strawberry, oh, bruh, bruh. Somebody loved you at that house. <laughs> oh, they didn't know because it was in a little wrapper. They didn't know. Let's they might have sprinkled some positive energy. I hope all of these are pink for everybody. Listen, we hope that your day is just as magical as finding a pink starburst in the midst of your Halloween candy, ladies and gentlemen. Halloween is quite a ways away from now, but um, we know how Michigan goes. We know how Michigan and any other state does. Summer lasts for 10 minutes. So we're going <laughs> to yeah. enjoy that thing while I sit and sit in these moments. Um, I have no more questions to ask. I feel as if I am a lot lighter, and I don't mean that in the weight sense. I am a lot lighter than I was when we first started this discussion. So I want to first formally thank you just for joining us. I know it was some heavy things and some scheduling things, and I hope that you remain book busy, black, and blessed because <laughs> Sammy Sosa showed us that you can change your skin tone. Um, some people can actually like, you know what I'm saying? Some people can, you know, just all of a sudden not end up busy. I, I don't figure that one out, but 
we appreciate you and we are glad that you're a part of this community. No, I thank you so much for uh, having me on your on your podcast and taking the time out to chat with me. Like I said, this has been a long time coming, but you know, y'all can always hit me up. I'm here. What's up? We can have a chat. So it sounds like she said she want to come back. So we will make sure <laughs> that whenever we need or whenever we can actually get on the books, <laughs> we can have our good friend, Dr. Patrice Douglas, come back. Absolutely. As we go to close up things, as we gather our wraps, as we put on our shoes and head on out this door, um, Jarrell, do you have anything for the people? As Dr. Patrice said, just sometimes you just need to unplug. Um, so don't, don't, be afraid to do that I know I do that myself that's kind of always my first reaction whenever there's you know this news that comes through unfortunately it does come through far too often so I actually have that as my go-to whenever I get that CNN text or that Apple News text that comes across my phone I'm just like all right I'll flip my phone over you know and uh, I'll come back and and visit it you know in a couple hours or so um so that that would be just be what I would say you know don't be afraid to do that and uh as we always say, stay hydrated. You know, it's getting hot outside. Stay hi- hydrated. And uh, as you said, stay uh, lotioned up if you wearing them uh, hoochie daddy shorts this summer. Listen, <laughs> if you find, I almost bought a pair at the Nike store, but they did not, the price wasn't pricing. So I ended up getting some more sweatpants. You know, you can never go wrong with a good pair of sweats. And not. Especially from the Nike store. If they, I just can't get down with the, the $90 pairs. I just, I'm not doing it. I, I don't, I, not yet. I ain't on Dr. P level yet. Can't <laughs> get $90 nobody, I won't be on anybody's level till Biden go ahead and hook up them loans. <laughs> Come on now, Biden. Mm-hmm. Joe and Dr. Biden, if you two are listening, help. Mm-hmm. Help. <laughs> help. Help. Um, help <laughs> seriously <laughs> tomatoes we are throwing tomatoes at this ghetto student loan debt mm-hmm. um, help us out give us something listen mm-hmm. um anyway i don't want to get too far into that what i will say is that if you good people are listening like subscribe share our content we are everywhere on the interwebs we have our website mentalmatterspod.com you can stream us iHeart, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, what's the other one? SoundCloud, and even Google Podcasts. So you can find us in all those different places. Um, we are on social media, Facebook, Instagram, even the tick of the top. We gave in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's your merch. We have our own merch. You can find it on our website. You can find it through our social media pages. Um, and with that... This is another episode of Mental Matters Podcast. Remember to moisturize appropriately and uh, remember that life is short. So go to therapy and always buy and wear the shoes. (laughs) The shoes. Period. Period.